Welcome to Zach and Steve Have a Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Steve. Hey, Steve, why don't you know your colors very well? Hey, Zach, why don't you mind your own business? All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs> that was an eight-second podcast. Yeah, that was that a good was. one. Uh, uh, yeah, gotta, so, okay. Get so, let's, get, let's get this out in the yeah, open. Yeah, okay, okay. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I don't know my colors. <laughs> it, that, this has been a long going. Like, it was a joke uh, years ago with my little uh, my little cousins. I would come over and, like, play with them and stuff and they'd ask they would mess with me because i i don't know are I don't, you colorblind i don't think i'm colorblind but i struggle with color sometimes <laughs> like understanding what goes together yeah so last week yeah it was just an innocent and had nothing really to do with what we were talking about but i was talking about christmas and how green and red <coughs> are offsetting got, colors you're already starting <laughs> like with your gunking yeah. your throat this week yeah the green and red are opposite colors and they, you're like no they're not well they're they're not Op- what are they? They're um, they're opposite colors. They're on the, the opposite, they're opposite side. sides of the color wheel. Yes, yes. But they they call them complementing color. Like red's a primary, and then green is its complementary. Yes, color. Yes. yes. I did not know that. <laughs> so we had a we had a listener send us a message, something about Hobby Lobby. Yeah, saying that you- I my membership to Hobby Lobby, <laughs> which is was membership free. Yeah, you, by you, the you way, can, anybody can go like to they, Hobby there's Lobby. There's no bias at Hobby Lobby. It's not, not like Sam's, Sam's Club. Club. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's not some elitist Sam's Club or Costco. No, we're talking about good old Christian Hobby Lobby. <laughs> All are welcome here. Yeah, there but should be Chick Fil A's inside every Chick Fil A. Yeah, there should be a Chick Fil A. Yeah. you're right. Like a Sephora inside of JC <laughs> yes, Penney. Exactly. There should be a Chick Fil A inside of a Hobby yeah, Lobby. Yeah, you go in Walmart. You what do you got? Sometimes you have a Subway or a McDonald's. Yeah, because there's nothing there. more unholy than Subway, right? <laughs> exactly. Like there's nothing grosser than Subway, well, and so it matches. Subway's Walmart. not the grossest. Yes, it M- is. McDonald's is grosser than Subway. I disagree. But you know what used to be inside Walmart? McDonald's. McDonald's. Exactly. Uh, the, the at the um, at the Newcastle Walmart. Yeah. Used to be McDonald's, but anyway, yeah, there should be Chick Fil A inside. My little cousins used to mock me, like when they were like six and seven years old, mind you, (laughs) that Steve doesn't know his colors, (laughs) and that has translated to this day. Yes, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know my colors. Yeah, fine. Yeah, it's all right. right. It was funny though, because that, because this, this uh, listener. Kind of mocking you a little bit, yeah. But and you I didn't thought, realize it. I thought she was mocking you. <laughs> yes, she was said something about Steve. You shouldn't. She, go, and yeah, yeah. You yeah. shouldn't should be allowed to go to Hobby Lobby because you don't you don't know your color. And there. I didn't read the Steve part. I'm like, yes, yeah, Zach, you <laughs> dummy. <laughs> you were convinced. I was convinced. I you am so right. certain that yes. I'm right all the time. <laughs> You're like green and red aren't opposite. I would have said that green and purple yeah. go together better than green and red. Well, I wouldn't say they go together. They're just. Like opposite parts opposite. of the color, the complementary colors. Yeah, like yellow is compl- black is purple. <laughs> black. <laughs> it is not black. That is that. Well, if you're in Pittsburgh, I guess it is. Yeah, yellow, yellow and black. Yeah, that's true. But on the color wheel, yellow is on the opposite of purple. Yes. Blue and orange. Blue and black. <laughs> black is the complementary color to all colors. That's how it should be. Black goes with everything. There you go. You, you, we've got to figure it out. Yeah. It, it took two seconds for me to figure this all out. <laughs> now let me go about my business. We've wasted three and a half minutes on this. <laughs> but yes, it's it's the, historically known that I do not know my colors, and that's... Yeah. Other than your like little cousins, have you like had any uh, anyone else that's... Have you ever like gone somewhere and had... Th- things on that like did not match of course you'd be, you'd be like i didn't know yeah and you know what I, I i would say my father didn't know either because back when i was a little kid there's pictures of me in the most hideous <laughs> get-ups yeah and my mom would always say yeah your dad dressed you that day <laughs> which i don't know if that is just her passing the buck uh, yeah but she said there's plenty of times where i had to stop your dad when he would dress you yeah. Which I was like, dad dressed me ever? Like, I can't believe that. It must have been like a day my mom was gone. He's like, oh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what to do good. with this kid. Yeah. I need to comb his hair over to one side and put him in whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah I, we have the same thing going on at our house whenever Laura's not there in the morning because she'll work some mornings. And yeah. so I'm responsible for getting the kids ready for school. Yeah, my kids, my kids know how to dress themselves. I don't have to do that my daughter knows how to dress himself my son does not know how to really? dress himself yes he he puts on the i think he purposefully dresses himself in such a way that he gets a reaction like he's trying to do it so <laughs> he comes out in something that we know he, he knows like, no. he knows it's going to get rejected go back go yeah. back and go do back that again. and try again yeah. like he'll have on 
like athletic pants and That's like, Luke like every single like day. a polo shirt. I'm like, buddy, those don't go together. Like, you can't do both of those. <laughs> You're like a retiree. Yeah, he is. He's got like <laughs> such an old man, like funny duddy mentality. Yeah, like I could very much see Elliot being like, "This is what I'm comfortable in. I'm <laughs> business up top, relaxation <laughs> on the bottom." <laughs> or he'll come out with a pair of pants on that like don't make it past his calf. You yeah, know? and like, <laughs> buddy, like you can't wear that to school. Like, does he? Does like, he put socks on every day? No. Yeah, neither does Luke. Every day. I'm like, Luke, where's your socks? Oh, I forgot. So there's days when we've had this happen more than one time. We've gotten to a location where we need to be. Yeah. Elliot's about to get out of the car and says, hey, I don't have any shoes. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, you're that's, going to school. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Like the shoe part. And, and you feel bad as a parent. Like, oh, man. My kid's here. He doesn't have any shoes on. Oh, this poor... Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, this poor kid. Yeah. They can't <laughs> yeah, afford yeah. shoes. Is that like, what's going through your head? Yeah, but like that's the one thing you think they can get before yes. they walk outside yeah. is they're going to put a pair of shoes on because yeah, you like, have an entire closet full of shoes. Do you, you have... On. Is your car in the garage? Um, yes. Laura's my, is. My, Yours is out in the driveway. Yeah, mine's in the driveway. Laura's car's in the garage, so... I suppose. So you just walk right out and get into the car. But I, yeah, I, it doesn't matter. He yeah. he walks outside in his socks all the time. Inst- I mean, I am instantly aware if I walk out, like step on concrete and socks. Yes, because it's cl- immediately <laughs> cold. Yes, like I mean, that's it, God's reminder yeah. to you every day. <laughs> it is not for my children. Put some shoes on, man. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. That looks the same way every day. He comes downstairs and he's. I'm like Luke. Where's your socks? Oh, I forgot. Like, go upstairs and get socks on. Why do I have to remind you every single day? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, fine. Whatever. Whatever. This is a kid that he would go to school very easily in athletic pants and no shirt. Yeah. And be like, this is how God made me. (laughs) Uh, That's a a boy thing, I think. It is. You have anything else exciting happen this week, Zach, besides the fact that I, I, I don't know my colors? Huh. No, it was a pretty lame week. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a lead up to Christmas. We're in the week before all the Christmas parties begin. Yeah. Like starting next week, there's like no free nights because we no. got Christmas parties uh, galore. Well, we have one Christmas party next week. Well, I mean, you have one maybe, but I'm talking oh, about myself. Oh, oh you, you got We've invited to more. Family parties, work oh. parties. Stu- you have a work party? We do. I'm not going to it, but. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? That? It's, it's at work. I mean, it's not like an extra. Oh, it's thing. during the day. Yeah, it's during the day. So it's like your office Christmas party yes, during yes, the we day. Have that. What we do they do? Do you guys like test eggnog or something? No, it's, I mean it's just. I, <laughs> I imagine it's how all, all office Christmas this parties. This is what are. we're gonna do today, guys. They bring in food, they put it in the the lunch area, and you sit down there and eat it whenever you you want to. <laughs> Basically. All right, take your samples of the eggnog. I want to know how much bacteria. Whoever has the closest measurement of bacterium. <laughs> Gets a hundred dollar bonus. <laughs> That'd be nice. We're, we're also at the age where my daughter, being in high school now, has been invited to parties as well, and okay. so she's got like gift exchange days and stuff like that. So we we have to like you know yeah take her here and there. Yeah. And so there's stuff going on. Laura's looking at the, the calendar choice. and she's got one free evening starting yeah. like tonight hey. from now through Christmas. Yeah. So it's kind of like yeah. And just that time of year. But this past week, to, to answer your question in the super long form, yeah, <laughs> nothing man. was going on. It was just kind of a relaxing. No, it, it wasn't. A little I, bit of shopping, getting ready for Christmas. Other than that, I roasted. I roasted six pounds of coffee this week. Chestnuts, chest and chestnuts. <laughs> yeah, I was roasting chestnuts on the fire. I had the coffee beans going in one place. I had the chestnuts on the fire. <laughs> Have you ever had roasted chestnuts? I love roasted chestnuts, really? man. Have you? You've never had them? No, we we had chestnut trees at our old house. Oh, did you? And and we would get them from the tree and we would roast them. That's yeah. nice. That's did you? Who who roasted them? Your mom or your dad? No, this is when I was married. So Laura would. Oh, and I thought you were talking it. about childhood memory. No, in the chestnut, you have to take your knife and like jab them things. Yes, and then put them like like murderer. Like take the knife and like jab them. Why is everything with you <laughs> murder? Like what? I never talked about murder. Yeah, in my whatever. Life. North Face Killer. We know. We know. What you're up to. You have no idea what I'm up to. So, no, like, so yeah, you, you, like you have, have to, to poke a hole in it so they don't explode. Yes, and then you put them on. Yeah, the you don't have to stab it. You just poke a hole. I used to do this with my grandpa. What did you use? A knife. <laughs> well, that's you, exactly. Well, what you I'm don't saying. have to use like a, a, a 180 degree swinging motion. <laughs> well, you got to. 
Those things have tough outer crust. Did you like roast the whole thing, like the outer like shell and the inner thing? Well, the outer shell of the chestnut is like that big green spiky ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you're stabbing all the way through that. You're like, I have to roast the whole thing. Have you ever felt the inside of that chestnut husk? It's very like soft. So yes. So the nut in there is like it's like in a little cocoon, like a little like blanket. I don't remember it being that difficult to poke a hole in. It's just, I, it's maybe not, it's life's not. just a little bit harder for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but so we would roast the chestnuts every once in a while. Okay, but I it, love it. It wasn't a Christmas thing because the chestnuts were earlier. In Dude, the I love chestnuts though. Chestnuts are like some like they because they're kind of sweet. Really, I think so. They have like a little bit of a sweetness. I thought they had like more of a salty, nutty flavor, like a almost like a. I don't like know. A meat kind of. Well, yeah, they, they they do. They have a different kind of consistency than yeah. most things. But like, I always thought they had like a more of a sweeter component to them. Not like sugary sweet. Not that we're since we're not talking about anything relevant at all. <laughs> Speaking of relevant, but we're talking about the, the chestnuts. Have you ever had boiled peanuts? We had those when we were down south mm-hmm. last trip when we went to the boiled beach. peanuts. Like boiled, they're boiled in their shells. Yes, have you ever had? That's like a southern no. thing. No, why would oh, I? Talk about a weird experience having a boiled I lo- peanut. I live north of the Mason Dixon, sir, <laughs> and I am up, I'm proud of that. Well, when you go down there, like along the side of the road, the people just sell boiled peanuts. They'll, they'll take out this big cauldron okay. and, and boil peanuts. Sometimes you can get them flavored, like a Cajun flavor, okay. or just regular like brine salted peanuts. Yeah. But they're very strong. For those of you who just join us, welcome to Nut Talk, where we talk about our favorite kinds of nuts. <laughs> I'm Steve. I'm Zach. But the boiled peanuts, when you when you open them, the peanut itself is not crunchy like a normal peanut. It's soft like a bean. It's like eating a bean. So it's like edamame. <sighs> Maybe. I'm, you like edamame? No, never had it before. Well, since this is Nut Talk. <laughs> I I don't, no, edamame is a, thing is, is, a, is a bean. Yeah, this is, we got from nuts to fried. It's all, right. all the same, though. A peanut's not a nut. It's like a legume. It's a legume. Yeah, so. Just like edamame. That's true. There you go. But if you get them, don't get them. They're awful. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's like something. Oh, you, you don't like the boiled peanuts? No, they're so we wasted horrendous. a lot of talk leading up to like this. They're real popular in the South. They're awful, <laughs> and I would not recommend them to anyone. It's like something you have to have. You know, it, it's an acquired taste. Yak. Let's get on to something serious. Yeah, this has been an interesting beginning to our podcast. It's the worst, maybe the worst beginning to the <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> like we were rudderless. We started off hot. Yeah. Talk. Got into nut talk. <laughs> and then it went downhill. And then it was it was it was a, a severe downhill slide from there, making this almost inedible. Yeah. In inedible. Inedible. Yeah. Un, un unable to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. <laughs> uh, but we are gonna talk about reading our Bible today, right? Yeah, it was something actually important. Yes. Nine things we should be doing. Nine. Nine things that we should be doing when we're reading our Bible. And uh, an effective Bible reading is uh, well is essential to the life of a believer. Like, if we're going to, to live our lives as believers, we have to do it according to God's Word, not according to popular opinion or according to what we feel is yeah. right. We have to do it according to God's Word, which can be confusing sometimes, right. which is, honestly, I mean, one of the big things that you and I have been really pushing hard uh, in the team ministry this year is effective Bible reading. Uh, not that, like, I mean, obviously we always have a focus on Bible reading because Bible reading is essential um, to what we do. If we're going to teach the Word of God, we have to help kids understand it. But this year has been a major push, especially for me, within the... uh, Why is this article not coming up? The senior high kids. The senior high kids. I've been trying to teach them how to use their... Uh, st- like how to use a study Bible so yeah. they could actually grow in their you faith actually more. Got study Bibles for kids who didn't have them. Yeah, and and you've done that both on Wednesday night and Sundays, our two major teaching times. And usually Sunday mornings was is a lecture, a message, message esque. It's more of right. a talk. It's right. more of something like we're sitting down and we're talking through something with them. But you've turned it more into a straight up Bible study, right? You've you've got your Bible out and sat there, yeah. and Kind of just broke down, discussed things. Even sometimes got into a circle. Right? Yes, yeah. And Instead of sitting there and just like a, you would think a normal for for the message. reason, yeah. I, I I've given up, not given up, 
I'm like from like preaching a message to the teens, which I mean, it's effective. I mean, like I've said in the past, I've had kids come back to me years later and like, oh my goodness, this one message you did really right. spoke to me. Do you remember this? And I'm always, you know, like, no, I don't remember. <laughs> I, I wish I did, uh, but I'm glad it stuck out to you. Yeah. And I'm glad it's still like with you to this day because it's helping you. But like, yeah, I mean, sometimes, but if I'm going to leave some uh, something with a student, I want, you know, after all their years of being in the team ministry, I want them to remember how to read their Bibles, yeah, you know, effectively. So they're actually uh, absorbing it right. and able to use it in their life. So let's, I mean, this article, we did not read ahead of time. We'll say what we agree with and disagree with and, and give pointers to how we think um, we think that you, you could read your Bible better because right? everyone is in need of a, a deeper relationship with God. And that relationship stems from our understanding of him through the word, because yeah. that's what is given to us to help us understand him. And then also, you know, our, our just living out our lives as believers. So, all right. So Zach, this article is talking about how to effectively, like, not just like, necessarily study it but how you when you read things how they should be speaking to you okay does that make sense so number one it says this read king when you see christ huh i don't necessarily think i agree with that why why do you disagree with that could i say read savior when i when you read christ sure read lord when i when you read christ i mean jesus has so many titles that's true and he and he's more than just a king. Yeah, you know? I think I think of all the titles, and this is going to sound weird. Is I, I think this is the least of these because that's not how Jesus presented himself. Was he the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Yes. yes. I mean, I just preached about that on Sunday. Yeah. And like the the name written on him on his return is King of King and Lord of Lords. Yes. You know, um, because he is above it all. But I don't. I don't think that that's the most essential element of who he is to us as believers. I think you're right. I think reading Savior, literally reading what Christ means, like a messianic figure, the Christ, the the Redeemer, the Savior, I think is way more important when reading your Bible. Servant. I mean, I think about what he came and taught us, and I think at the Last Supper when he gave his disciples his final go, go, you know, take home message from my ministry. He started that by, you know, washing their feet. Yes. Right. And taught them to love one another. I would say read love, read serving, read the characteristics, read the characteristics of who Christ is more so than King. I mean, yeah. he is, he is the Lord he of is. our life. He is the King. I, well, and he, like, he understand. is above it all. Yes. He is King. Yes. But that is uh, king. I feel like could be taken the wrong way sometimes, where yeah. it's like lordship over. If you look at the history of kings, even in the Bible, they don't have a great history. No, like you, God didn't want there to be kings. Yeah, God didn't want there to be kings, except for Him to be the exactly. king of kings and Lord of lords, which is what Jesus is. But from a human, con- what we're saying is from a human standpoint, human like within the realm of human context. When we look at kings, we I don't think we often look at them in the in the most positive light. Yeah, um, you know, it's more of a. So what, what, what do what do they over. say? They're, what's their reasoning for that? Christ or Messiah means anointed one, which yeah, savior, rescuer, and priests and kings were anointed. Yes. Okay. Substituting King Jesus for Christ Jesus when reading this draws attention to that fact. Christ was not Jesus' last name. But uh, remember, some of the people that are reading this might not know that. They might be new believers. One of the great honor and esteem, making the switch alone, breathes new life into the reading of the New Testament. Um, I still disagree. I I agree with you in that, uh, I mean, king is an important title when it it all boils down to, that he is the king king and lord of lords. But what Jesus is, is our savior. And I think that's what we should be reading every time you read it, like savior and servant leader are yeah. the two, I think two ideas about Jesus that would draw us the most to him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. What, no, what's... Number two, read you differently. This, this might, this concerns me a little bit too. Okay. Read well, you, differently. you like when it's referring to us. Okay. 
let's read this before we start making any kind of wild assumptions. Almost all the you words in the New Testament are plural use rather than singular use, meaning like you all. Okay. Makes sense. And that's what they actually say. The Southern y'all expresses it beautifully. The epistles are written to believers corporately, not believers alone. This does not diminish the personal responsibility at all, though it, if anything, it heightens it. We pray together, believe together, suffer together, raise the armor of God together. So that's so, what it's saying. So it's, when it's saying you, don't look at it as like me. you. <laughs> it's us. Okay. When I like see, that, actually. When you see you, it's y'all. Yeah. Instead of... I, I like that idea. We are, like, I mean, things are specifically to us, but we, we belong to one another, as, as God, God tells us we are. Hmm. You disagree? Um, I, think, I think you have to try to figure out what is trying to be said. Because I think sometimes... It's, you're saying within the context. Within the context. I think sometimes it might be a direct personal you, and sometimes it might be a corporate you. And yeah. I think just generically picking one over the other is incorrect. Well, yes. I mean, obviously you have to look at everything contextually, but I'm saying in general, this, like, I, I think what the article is trying to say is, like, when things are spoken directly to us, as in the you, singular you, it elevates me over others. I guess I could see that. that I think that's the more the concern. It's not the concern that... Um, you know, like I'm not going to take personal responsibility because it's all of us. Yeah, it's I I, I kind of like the the idea that, and I, once again, we're not saying, and it's not once again, we're not saying that we change what the Bible is saying at all. We're saying that understanding that this is not just I'm being singled out. This is for everyone for all time. Yeah. Like so, when you are being called out of something. It's like, this is not just a call on your life or, a, um, you know, a trial for your life. It's going to be the same trials across the board, meaning that we are united as one. Yeah. <clears throat> one body. Okay. I, I guess I, maybe it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. I, I think, I think the you is singular and plural at the same time, meaning it's a you in a billion yous. Okay. Meaning it's you. Yes. It affects you personally in your life, but it also affects this person's next to me personally in his own life too. So I guess it's the same thing. It's a corporate idea. Yep. But it's individual and in how it should be perceived, but also individual by how everyone should perceive it. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Instead of... I think it's two sides I, I, of the same coin. I think it's two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, so I guess like I. Yeah. I, I think the whole that. idea is. I think the whole idea is. It, at, at large. Uh, people within the church, can, become. Um, what am I trying to say here? They can make it all about themselves. Yeah. It's about me. Life's right. about me. And I think that's the danger that this article is trying to. I, I, I can see keep that as well. From. I mean, I think Jesus would be that, that, that he explains that yeah. through his it's, life yeah. as it's, well. It's not all about you, it's about. Yeah, his everyone. word is universal. It, right. it applies to every life everywhere, right? For everyone, for all time. Um, so, yeah, you is everybody. I get that. But also, it does, like, I think what you're saying is make sure that you're applying it to yourself. Yes. Not so that you're elevated, but right. that you take personal responsibility. Correct. Yes. So we're on the same page. Yes. Yes. What's number three? Number three is if you see a therefore, find out what it's there for. Therefore. <laughs> well, yeah. This, this is a classic. One. I, I mean, think, I, and I think it is absolutely true. Like yeah, the, it, it, therefores are big time statements. Yes. Well, but context is once again, key. Yeah. Cause if you start with a therefore, you better read, what, what came what, before it, because right. it's there for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that, that's a classic one. That's that's something you should learn early yeah. on. And yeah. when you see therefore, it's there yeah. for a reason. Yeah. And I would encourage this. When you're reading your Bible and you come across a therefore, go back and read what came before it yes. again and then come up to the therefore. So you're more aware of, because what, what it's what's happening there is it's the change that needs to happen. Yes. Because of 
Exactly. You know, typically, it's like, this is your sinful nature. Therefore, do this. <clears throat> Correct. And so go back and reread that over and over and over again, like to get to the therefore, to make the impact of the therefore yes. even greater. Correct. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, there's that, I mean, I don't think there's any disagreement there. No. That's, a, that's that, a classic that's fantastic. one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think every one of us has said, you know, yeah. if you see it therefore, it's there for a reason. Find out what it's there for. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all right. That's a good one. Very good one. Realize that not all if statements are the same. Hmm. Let me read this. Okay. Because I don't understand this one. Okay. If then. If Oh, you're saying the if thens? Maybe. Maybe. This was a watershed one for me. That's the, uh, the, the art article speaking. Yeah. Not all ifs are the same. Conditional ifs are not the same as casual ifs. Some if statements always tied to the then one. If you stand in the rain, then you will get wet. Others have a more risk involved. The if statement is necessary but not sufficient to bring, out, uh, bring about the then one. If you study for an exam, then you will pass. Okay. So one saying it's factual, one saying it's relative. Hopeful. Yeah. What what'd you say? I said hopeful. Hopeful. This okay. makes that, that's a confusing one. This is a very confusing one. I I feel like this one's almost splitting hairs. It's like yeah. we need nine. <laughs> yeah. This Why? makes the world nine, of nine's diff- not like a holy number or anything. Okay. Well, yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> this makes the world of a world of difference in studying Romans eight, for example. If if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are children of God. It doesn't say then though, so it does that doesn't make the point. Yeah, I don't understand. Don't if you are led by the Spirit of God, then like it, there is no then. It's just you are children of God. If yeah. you believe you you are children of God, there's yeah, no then. By this one, yeah, this is. I'm gonna say strike this one from the record. <laughs> yeah, the if if you if you read this, try yeah. To this one's a little bit of a stretch, and I think it, it's going to lead to more confusion than anything. So, Deep. all right. Boop. <laughs> What's the next one? Boop, boop. Number five. <laughs> Was that your deleting sound? Boop, boop. Yeah. <laughs> Recognize that lamenting is okay. Hundred percent agree. I we just talked about this. And lamenting means what? Lamenting for, for those is is grieving. Uh, yeah. in, in essence, allowing grief or uh, grieving over a situation. Sometimes uh, lament can be personal. Uh, sometimes it could be towards just, uh, you know, a situation, that kind of thing. But, I mean, our greatest example of lamenting in the Bible is Lamentations, yeah. where Jerusalem is overtaken by the Babylonians, and Jeremiah is tasked with having to still spread the good news with joy, <laughs> and he don't want to. Yeah. Because he's like, look what has happened. Yeah. But, but through his lament, it draws him closer to God and allows him um, to trust God more and to do the work that he's being called to do in the most difficult time in the history of uh, the Israelites to that point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Like, what, what's, what's it say? It says this. I mean, yeah, because I mean, because my words can't be good enough. That's Thanks. not what I meant. That's at what all. you meant, and that's how I'm taking it. <laughs> no, just kidding. It says this. Yes, there's joy and peace and hope in Christ. But true believer, believers, it's the hat, man. <laughs> I'm telling you. But true believers still mourn and lament. There is space in life of faith for complaining, tears, grit, and depression. Just look at Psalms. Okay, let's let. I, I wish we wouldn't have read that now, um, because I disagree with some of that. Yeah. Well, complaining. There's no, no, no. You should. I am a person that complains. Yeah. Complaining's wrong. Right. Complaining is just... You can, you can take your concerns to God. Take your concerns to but God. But when, you, when you're out there complaining to everyone else... It's not know, healthy. No, it's not healthy. Because it becomes habitual. I get, I get yelled at for doing it, too. Like, when I have to work, and I'm like, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. My wife gets mad at me. Yeah, I complain <laughs> about superficial things all the time, like very unimportant things, trivial things. And it's a, it's a nasty habit to get into. And I yeah. think there's a big difference between lamenting and complaining. All right? 
Jeremiah is, in, I mean, being our grand example, is not complaining about a situation. Yeah. He's crying out to God because of the, like the 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 brokenness that he's experiences. It's not a complaint. It's the facts. Yeah. It's not his perception. It's the perception of the world around him. It's like things are broken. I need help. I'm grieving. Tears. I agree with. Tears are fine. Grit's fine. Depression can become an issue. Like, is it okay to be in that mode? Yeah, I mean, everybody experiences yeah. like life differently. I would say of all those things that said, though, complaining, no. Yeah, right. I, I think complaining is a very dangerous route to go down because it leads to gossip. It leads to putting other. It could lead to putting others down. It could, it could become, and like I said, habitual, where you are just like in that mode all the time. It's something that I have to fight against every day, almost in every conversation, because I tend to complain. Right. Uh, I don't like being a complainer. Right. And I've gotten better at it over the years, but, like, I mean, that used to be my M.O. It's like, right. what do you like? What do you enjoy? What, who do you like? Right. Like, my, my old boss at Wheatland, he had a list of all the things I said I didn't like. <laughs> That's rough. To remind me. That, that you kept saying that? Yeah, that, uh, like, you know, oh, man. this is something you hate. You said you hated this. You said you hated this. I'm like, what are you? Like, uh, I'm like, this isn't part of your job. He's like, I know. He was trying to teach you a lesson. My, yeah, Steve's hate list. <laughs> well, I think... Guess what number one was? Uh, my job. Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Going all those years back. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's superficial. Yeah. But I think what we can get caught in as believers is not understanding that Jesus, when he lived, did not come and try to just have a good life. Yeah. He didn't he he just he didn't use his faith as a way to better himself and he did not um, actively seek what would make him happy. Um, Paul talks about this. He he wrote a, wrote a letter to the Corinthians and uh, talking about as Paul is known to do, all the afflictions that came upon him, right? Yes. And he's comparing himself to whenever he accepted Christ, all these bad things happened to him. Mm-hmm. But when these Corinthians did, they accepted, you know, accepted in quotes Christ, and then they're they're trying to better themselves through it. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, no, you know, Jesus didn't come to do that. What well, he came to, you know, help people that are suffering. And sometimes we're so stuck in our own desires to be happy, content that we don't lean into the needs of other people. Yeah, and that's what Paul's saying. Hey, it's a good you know, point. You, you, th- you think be- following Jesus is going to make you better off. No, look at me. Like, I'm in jail. I'm I'm whipped. I'm beaten. I'm all of these things, right? I don't have as much as I used to have. I'm coming to you, needing you to support me, not, you know, the other, not not through Christ I yes. have been, you know, lifted up. Yes. So I agree with that when we read the Bible that it's okay to experience mourning and all of these we, things. We should. That, because it's that's part of what, life. That's what Jesus did, and that's our call is to go and then be Christ to people who yeah. are experiencing these things. Yeah. And when we're all only concerned about how we can better ourselves and make ourselves happy and content and not have to worry about things, yeah. then we're missing the whole point yeah. of what, what it is to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Can we do it joyously? Like, yeah. And that's, that's really the big question, and I, I think complaining is not part of that. I think right. that's a dangerous, slippery slope. Number six. Whoo! Realize that prophecy is more often forthtelling than foretelling. So what they're saying is it's it it hap- it's already happened. Let me see. Let okay. me let, let us let us see. Okay. So often our focus on approaching prophecy is to ask what did they say about the future. How however often the prophets weren't talking about the future foretelling. They were explaining, interpreting Israel's history and current predicaments in light of their. Com- uh, covenantal behavior, forthtelling, yeah. which is sure. true. Yeah, I would say that's definitely true. And had little to do with the future. Israel may have painfully been painfully aware that they had suffered military defeat at the hands of the Babylonians, but it was it, it took the prophets' words to explain from God's perspective why this had happened and what lessons they had learned from the experience. Sure. And it says, "Poor old Jeremiah." <laughs> yeah, Jeremiah once again. Yeah, he is the the grand example. Yeah, I, prophet. I don't disagree with that. I, I mean, I think uh, prophecy ends up becoming something that's not one of my biggest pet peeves uh, within within the the Christian community. The Christian community is 
taking everything as this, you know, the left behind series. Like, yeah, like this is going to happen in a, in a certain way. Let's let's make a yeah, let's make a book series about it. And, and yes, you know, like that's not exactly what's what's happening here. Yeah. A lot of times, I mean, we did a whole series this summer on Daniel and a lot of Daniel's prophecy happened in the future, but it's already happened when we look back in, in the past. It's not like a, a, a future end times thing. It's a yeah, future it's, thing that happened to the God's people, yeah. you know, maybe 200 years after it was written, yep. but that's still 2000 years ago. Yep. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's important for us to see it like being, this is God's God at work. Um, I think what the article is saying uh, is that a lot of it was just helping them cope with their current situations more than it was, this is how you're going to come out of it. Right. And that's the thing. Like, I mean, the only thing that's told really that is like the, the, the solid, solid, like this is how things are going to come to be is the messianic prophecies. Yeah. Like this is how Jesus is going to come into the world. This is how he's going to, this is what he's going to be. This is how he's going to operate everything. That's stuff that they, there's no way of them knowing at that point. Yeah. You know, specifically when we look at Isaiah, right. Like when you look at, um, prophecy about uh, the coming messiah like right like that stuff that had nothing to do with the past situations it's all about what's going to come so when you look at it that from that perspective yes but you look at revelation for example yeah and a lot of that was dealing with their a lot of their present circumstances sure and that the promise that the king will come again and will be our rescuer again right. Right, the but, book of Revelation was written to seven churches. Yeah. Real but, places. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's the thing we got to keep in mind is like, this is talking to people at a, at a time, but it's for once and for all, for yes. like that time right then, but for all time. It's not speaking about a specific time. And that's what, like, that's the funny thing is like the people that try to crack the code. Yeah. Like, when's, he, when's God coming back? When's everything going to come full circle? Like, a few years ago, it was the four blood moons, and Ooh. they were lining up, yeah. whatever, and it's like, no, yeah. no, stop it. Right. Stop it. No one knows the day or the hour. This is right? once and for all. The The Son doesn't know. Only the Father knows. Right. Uh, so there's nothing to figure out. What Revelation is, it's taking God's Word and preparing our hearts for the difficulties that are to come. Right. And like how we need to write ourselves and, and, and prepare ourselves for what is to come. It's not when it's going to happen, it's that it's going to happen. Yes. And we have to be ready for that personally, but also take the word of God to others. Yeah. So yeah, prophecy can be a very difficult thing with because there's a lot of imagery, but it's all it's a lot of preaching. It's yeah. a lot of il- really a lot of illustration. It's coming from God to man. Yeah. To to a man, to then mankind. Right. And I think it's what you preached on Sunday is hope. Yep. And a lot of prophecy is that your present situation, which you probably brought upon yourself, yeah. will get better because I love you. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And we're looking forward to a time where I'll make it right. Yeah. You messed it up. I'll make it right. Yeah. But you can look forward to that. And, you, and my promises are true. You can see that throughout all Scripture. And when I say something good is going to happen to you, you can believe that. And so, yeah, I think prophecy is hope, especially revelation is at the end when you're, you know, get this glimpse of the, the throne room of God and the new heaven and the new earth and in our eternal existence with the Creator yep. and how we are receiving from Him rewards and and removal from sin and heartache and pain and all of these things that you know, have come from our sin in, in the present world that we live in. Yep. It's just a hope and, and to look at it as, you know, a, a roadmap so we can miss all the obstacles that are going to come in the future. Yeah. Like that's not what that's, it is. That's not, that's not, that's it's not, not what it all. is. It's to help us with our current circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And to provide hope that what God promises will come to be. So we're, I think what we need to I'm gonna state it, whether we need to state it or not is we're not saying that, a lot of these things weren't impactful and did speak of things to come, but the heart behind it was for the people right then. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff so far. Number seven, become familiar with the idioms of your king. What? I don't know what that means. <laughs> an idiom? <laughs> Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know what an idiom is. <laughs> wah, wah, dad <laughs> jokes for days. Jesus' words were often hard to understand, cryptic in parables. Um, 
He spoke of eyes being lamps and people being salt, language often so far removed from my understanding it was tempting to skip over it uh, because it, the, the epistles were more familiar. I disagree with that. I don't think it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, you read the King James Version? Like, what are you reading? <laughs> However, it was called... However, we called Jesus King and Lord. We dare not skip over his words just because they are hard. Once again, I don't think the no, words I, of Jesus are hard. No. But he, but he he spoke in such a way that... It made so, it easy. Yes. Like, his whole idea was, like, illustrations would exactly. make it easier. And, and when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it, it interprets these things exactly. and allows you to understand them. <laughs> Commentaries and little internet research. So they're saying, I guess, idioms are like Jesus' way uh, of talking and illustrating things can be difficult to understand. I, I completely disagree with this one. Maybe maybe this is... A, now, now, let's be fair. This this author of maybe this Drax. article... This Drax <laughs> just takes everything literal. Yeah. <laughs> Ice aren't lamps. Yes. <laughs> Gosh, no, I think it's more along the lines of maybe this is speaking to a much younger audience and people. So let's put ourselves in the in the perspective of a brand new Christian okay. that's opening up the Bible for the very first time. And it's like, what is this? Like, from that perspective, Zach, be softer and gentler <laughs> and understanding that the people, not everybody is, you know, 37 years into their their faith walk. You know, some people are... Uh, months. Yeah. Um, so I get it to, I guess, okay, so if it's coming from that perspective, I get it. Uh, because it can be confusing. Oh, come on, man. Don't play it like that. Like, it it can be. Like, okay, say you open up your Bible, yeah. and, and Jesus is talking about, um, okay, like, what's probably the best known parable, the, the, the seed falling on the earth? Okay, sure. It can be very confusing. I guess. Like, until you get to the part where he's like, okay, you guys don't get it. Let me explain, explain it to you. It to you yeah. But it can be like a lot. Like I was reading something this morning and it get, there was, Jesus did not give an explanation of what you're sure. talking about. Some of the parables are a little confusing. I so I, I can understand like how it wouldn't necessarily resonate immediately with some newer Christians. And okay, I can get that. So maybe that's, and that's why we've been doing this with the teens. And I would encourage anybody that's listening to this that's struggling reading your Bible is get a study Bible. So when you read something and it doesn't make sense, read the reference at the bottom so it does. Um, So that way you can get a better understanding of what the Bible is saying to you. All right. So, yeah, you do have to kind of become familiar with it. You've been familiar with it for a long time. You just get it. <laughs> All right. I suppose sometimes I can be. A and I, I'm the same way, though. Yeah. Like, I, there's sometimes where I'm like, how do you not understand? But, like, okay, let me let me back up. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been a believer for a long time. So this stuff is, like, like the what, what do we call it? Like, Christianese? Like, whatever yeah. it's called. Like, it, it it's like a second language for us. For some people, it's like, what? 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 I mean, think about Jesus even saying to his disciples um, at the Passover, the final Passover meal, at the Last Supper. Like, some of that, the flesh of my, you know, this is the flesh, this is my blood. Yeah. That can be confusing. Yeah. But that's not what he's talking about. You're right. You're so right. It can be difficult from that perspective. Yes. All right. All right. Remember what you learned in English class. Oh, this will be good. Oh, goody. Goody, goody. The Bible is not an instruction manual. Okay. It's guidelines for your sure. life. It's not a how-to book for life. It's a collection of 66 books of literature, and, in, and to interpret correctly, you need to remember what you learned in English class about interpreting different genres of literature. I agree with that. 100% correct. Yes. Another pet peeve of mine yeah. is, is that, that right there mm-hmm. is tremendously useful for helping you understand the Bible because there is poetry, there is historical narrative. Yeah. There is it's parable. Not, yeah, it's not one author, one voice. Right, exactly. It changes constantly, so it can become very difficult to go from uh, Exodus yeah. to Isaiah. Right. Like, not written in at all the same voice. Right. Because two totally different authors, two totally different times, um, and two different genres. One's prophetic, that being Isaiah. One is historical or law. Yeah. depending on right is exodus biblical truth is found in poetry but must be read as poetry it is found in narrative but we must also read those as stories it is found in proverbs but we must treat those as such 
Just a quick moment to think, what book am I reading from and what type of literature is this can make a world of difference. Truth can be truth. The Bible is not an easy read, but it is absolutely worth the effort. I, I completely agree with yep. that. Yep. Like we cannot, you cannot go into it thinking, if I read this from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books, that it's going to, I'm going to be able to comprehend it as one overarching narrative. Right. You have to have some direction when it comes to that, because it is, it's all over the place. I mean, the old Testament is broken up into five parts. It's the, the books of law, books of history, mm-hmm. then books of poetry, major prophets, minor prophets. And none of the, and some of them, it's like, what, what is the significance of this compared to this? Why right. is this here? Why is that there? It, it's not going to, it's not a beginning to end. You're not reading the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Like right. the, the Lord of the Rings, all three books are probably like page wise as long as, <laughs> as our collected Bible, but it's not one author telling a singular story. Is there an overarching story? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. It's got salvation plan for mankind. Sure. And it can be found from beginning to end. Uh, as we talked about this past Sunday, once again, the overarching story of the Bible is, is one thing is that God had a plan for mankind from beginning of time to the end of time. But. Is it going to make sense if you read it from beginning to end and think that like it's all to be read the exact same way? No. Right. Correct. It's going to be very difficult. And within each book, they are pieces of literature. And when you study them that way, and I mean, this might not be something you do if you're real young, but like in school, in college, and I'm sure you you did when you went to seminary, Hmm. you broke down the books in such, such a way that you understood as they're written in um, just like like the form. And you could see like the poetry would be set up in certain ways with this first couple lines would match, you know, five lines later on and they'd make yeah. like a bracket or something like that. Yes. And, and, and the literature th- written in such a way that it's not just like we write... Oh, it's uh, art. Like, like a grocery list, yeah. you know? Po- or, the poetry in the Bible, some of it is art. It's beautiful. And, yes. and, and some of it's even lost when we read in our own Bible because it's been translated differently than the original text was. Exactly. And you could see in the original text, okay, these lines start with the same letter. Like things yeah. like that. Like, oh, those those went together because they started with the same yes. you know, Hebrew word or whatever, exactly. right? And, and these went together because they rhyme in the original text. And like, oh, yeah. that doesn't rhyme in art, but it did then. So and when you dig into it at a deep level, yeah. Thinking about it like in the English, you know, like the English class way. Sure. It brings even more richness to the text. Yep. Yeah, and I think one minor clarification that needs to be said before we move on to the final one is that when we're saying read as stories, we're saying read as historical stories, like things that did happen, yeah, right, stories, right. not like fictional made-up stories. I just wanted to make sure that clarification was there. No one is saying that anything in the Bible is not... It's, it's all God it's all breathed. True. Yeah, it's all God breathed. It's all true. It's all inspired by the Holy Spirit working yes. through man. All right. Finally, Zach, Here read to study, but also read to refresh your heart. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And I think that goes without saying. I think that's already been probably said throughout this entire list. It's like that's the whole idea. Studying is important. I, I think most people, though, do it for neither of those reasons. What do you think people do it for? To cross it off a list. Obligation. Obligation. Okay. And I think when you do that, you don't get the stuff out of it. Oh, no, there's no way. Uh, uh, maybe. The, 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 yeah, I'll rephrase that. Yeah. The Holy Spirit can always work through you as yes, you're Yes, that's what I was going to say. And you can be drawn more to it. And not, not saying that reading your Bible at any time is bad, but when we do it just because we have to do it, instead of we do it to, like you said, be refreshed or to study it, um, you, you don't gain as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've... I've read through the whole Bible from cover to f- cover in a, in a time period back in the day. Uh, that, that was the first thing I wanted to do when I was like a new Christian back when I was in seventh grade or something. Hey, I'm going to read the Bible cover to cover. And what I would do would be every night I would read a couple of books or mm-hmm. a couple chapters. And so I did that for like 13 months it took me to do it. Okay. Yep. And I remembered nothing from doing it. Yeah. Nothing. That's one of the major problems of doing it that way, yeah. But what I did gain was just a desire to seek God and a desire to know God better. 
but I didn't know God better, and I didn't understand what I was reading. But just exactly. the habit of doing that was helpful for me in my walk. Mm-hmm. But if you want to understand God better, it's more than just picking it up and you know, taking your thumb and you know, flipping pages and going, "Hey, yeah, which, where, where am I going to start at today?" It's having a plan. Yeah, you ha- that that's the biggest thing. If you're yeah. going to be refreshed and actually like refreshed, restored, you know, and uh, edified. I don't know if I'm using that word. I think I used it correctly. <laughs> we'll say yes. Yeah. For the, for the use of edification, building oneself up in, like, their knowledge, then you have to have a plan. Yeah. Like, you don't go into a class and the teacher's like, I don't know. Let's just pick and choose what we're going to learn today. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's got to be a plan. There's got to be a planned curriculum, a set, yeah. so that you can start off and finish well and right. come away with something because I did the same thing Zach's talking about he said in 13 months he read through the whole Bible we did a sim- very similar project last year so last year was it 2021 or 2020 something like that I can't remember we did the Bible in a year yeah and let me tell you that was not helpful for me <laughs> some people loved it yeah. and I'm so glad and we still have people saying thank you so much for giving me in that daily habit of reading my Bible yeah awesome yeah I'm like that's that that was the whole point Right. If there's any point, it's like daily habit of being in the Bible. Did I find it to be useful? For you. For me personally? Uh, no, yeah. I didn't. I, I felt like a lot of it was I'm reading out of obligation today right. and not because I I am desiring. It's like, okay, I have to do this. Right. So have a plan, but don't have a plan that's so rigid that you're not doing it joyously. You're just doing it because, oh, gosh, I got to. Do this today. Like, come up with something that finds that balance so you actually find the joy in it. Right. That's that's huge. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. That was good, Good, Steve. That was really good, Zach. We have a lot of editing to do. But it was, I think, uh, I think what we finished with was fantastic. (laughs) I hope it helps you because it helps me. Yeah. Not you, Zach. You, the audience. You. The, the you. The general you, yes, as it said. Well, exactly. for Zach and Steve have a podcast, I'm Steve. I'm Zach. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Yes. But anyway, you had something you wanted Zach, to Zach, you about. like Christmas music? I love Christmas Do you like Christmas music. music at the church, Zach? Yes. What's my your, favorite kind. What What do you like? What's your favorite Christmas song at church during the Christmas season? A little bit. I have a couple of them. A little bit. <laughs> little, little. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I was just going to say. A little, little bit. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit off the radar. Oh, okay. I like Mary Did You Know. Okay. Is that off the radar? It's not like I don't a, think it's that far off the radar. A little bit. I like that one. I like uh, "Come Thou Long Expected Jesus." That's a great one. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, I like "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." Yep, that's that's probably my favorite. And I think any any Christmas Eve service that doesn't end with si- "Silent Night," "Silent Night," "O Holy Night." Yeah, those, if you those are the number one and number wait, two. Wait, "Silent Night" or "O Holy Night"? Both. Th- th- those are number one. Oh, you're two. saying those are like tied. Yeah, I thought you're. Are... I thought you're combining those two songs. <laughs> no, no, which I've never heard of. <laughs> no, like I would say those are the top two, like Christmas Eve songs. Yeah, Silent Night, and you end with Silent Night, right? Yeah. Well, Zach, what would you think is the most popular Christmas songs in the church? Silent Night, Oh Holy Night. That's what. Those are my top two. Okay. Well, do you have a list? We'll be back in one moment. <laughs> so you yes, Zach, I do have a list. Nice. You. Yes, Zach, I do have a list. <laughs> oh, I'm excited about this. Here it is. So am I right? Is it Silent Night and Holy Night? No, here we go. I'm going to start. There's top 15 most downloaded. Oh, downloaded, okay. Church Christmas songs. This is not your pop. So no Mariah Cara. 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 <laughs> You are right. Alessia Cara. So Steve no. is wearing a new hat today. He's got a new style of hat, and I think it is, is affecting your brain. Do not mock my hat. I'm not mocking. I'm saying it's affecting your brain Listen, because man, you've never had this I many really like this issues. Hat. I like no, that too. No, Mariah Carey. Okay. What is that song? I had to have somebody. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, I had to have somebody shout it out in the first service last week because I couldn't remember. Yeah, you set I, yourself I, up for I that. I preached 
the adult service last week, and I could not remember Mariah Carey's popular. I almost said Kara again. So, so was it one of those freak out moments where you're like, uh, and your mind goes blank? No, I was just like, somebody tell me what that song is. Like, I'm like, at, at this care. point, I'm you comfortable up there. Yeah, if I mess up, whatever. <laughs> it's cool. All right, Zach, top 15. Number 15. What okay. child is this? <laughs> okay. What child is this? That <laughs> I don't know how that song goes. So, are we allowed to poke fun at Christmas old Christmas songs? Because uh, if, you, w- w- if you if the song if you, is called "What Child Is This," <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think the whole point is this: this is Christ the King. Yes, obviously they know who the child is. Zach, yes, is that what you're concerned about? No, it just sounds funny. Like if you say my favorite song is "What Child Is This," it sounds like it's it's a you have some problems. I don't know. It's like a, I think you're digging deep there, pal. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Man, you might have some. There might be some emotional trauma that you need to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that number 14, Zach, you're going to be disappointed. Uh oh. Number 14. Yeah. Oh, holy night. What? Oh, holy night. That's, that's, this, this is a garbage list. Where'd you find this list? Lifeway. Is that the, like the Bible? The, the company? The, they're, the, yeah. They're like, the, like they also too? have their own like worship, um, you know, sector. Yeah. <laughs> I call Division. I call bogus. No, no, this is all correct. Okay, number 13, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. It's like my top two are down uh, on the list. Well, see, I, I like that one a yeah. lot. Number 12, Go Tell It on the Mountain. I could do without that song yeah. forever. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that song. Yeah. Are you a fan of that no. song? No. Like, we sang that when I was five. Yeah, and it, it's fine, but, like, I would it, Christmas songs in general... I wouldn't put that in my top 100. It's not even. <laughs> wow. It's not. It's not even on my. Okay, I have a. Uh, I have a Christmas playlist. Yeah. That has over 300 songs. It's not even on there. Not on there. Yeah. Because I don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's not. It's just like it's personal. Yeah. Not one of my favorite songs. Agreed. I would agree with that. Number 11 though is a, is a classic. What do we got? Away in a manger. Well, okay. Also it's sang a, that when I was five. But that's a great <laughs> song. Yeah. Sure. But, I love it. Yeah, I guess. Okay, you have to sing this next one. Yeti. Number 10? Number 10. Okay. It came upon a midnight clear. I'm not singing that. Sing it. I can't sing. Sing it. Yes, you, you can. It. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I, I cannot sing. It came upon a midnight clear. Did you try to keep that in key? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, it was very evident. All right. Uh, I can't keep anything in key. And this is this, this is messed up. Number nine. Oh, come. Oh, come, Emmanuel. That's your favorite. It is one of my favorites, man. That's a that's a perfect Christmas song. Sure, it is. It is. That that's exactly what Advent is. Waiting for our Savior to come, right? Oh my goodness, Zach! You I tied remember that from last together week. from last week. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 I don't know what my point was of reading this whole list. Just because it's fun. It's a podcast. Yeah. It's an audio thing. People yeah. can keep can play you? along at no. home. I, I, try to keep along at home if you agree or disagree. Next one. Disagree. Disagree. You you think I think I think O come O come Emmanuel should be higher. I also think come thou long expected Jesus should be higher. Yeah. Oh holy for night. For sure. Holy night. Oh holy night. Was wronged. For sure. All right. Uh Angels from the Realms of Glory. What is that song? Uh, I think I remember singing that before, but I don't remember anything. Is that a uh, new one? What's the one where you go glory? <laughs> is that the <laughs> Don't, don't look at me like that, Stevie. I told you I can't sing. You want me to sing? I can't sing. But, uh, neither can I. But you can sing. You no, sing? No, I can't. Not you sing well. in front of people. You you led a band. That's a shame. It's a real shame <laughs> that that was allowed to happen. Uh, that that glory. I don't know what the name of that song is. Gloria in excelsis Deo. In excelsis Deo. <laughs> is it just called Glo- Gloria? Gloria? Maybe. Is that on the list? No. That no one you really that messed one. that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Seven, oh, little town of Bethlehem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I know it. I was like, wait, what is that song? Oh, little town of Bethlehem. <laughs> yeah, some of these Christmas <laughs> songs are like bummers. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, sad. I don't know. I don't know if I love this list. Is this a real list? <laughs> you just found something on the internet. I just found a random <laughs> list, and I acted like it's definitive. They don't even have the names of the people singing these versions of these songs. It's just like, this is the song. <laughs> All right, what's next? I don't know. I think we've wasted too much time. No, I want to hear what's number one, at least. All right. 
Well, yeah, I guess we made top that. Top five. All right. Number six. Another one in the wrong spot. Silent Night, Holy Night. Which, Silent Night. Thank you, Zach. I <laughs> thought the name of the song was just Silent Night. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's called Silent Night, Holy Night? I don't think so. No, it's not called Holy Night. Like, this is made by like some third grade I think this in, is like some Iowa. kids like, I like songs. <laughs> There's not even an author's name. There's not an author's <laughs> name. This is not a real this list. This is on somebody's um, okay, Instagram feed. We're doing something. this again. We're doing this again. No, we're, we're doing not this doing it again. again. We're finish the list. I'm I I will I am in control of the computer, son. <laughs> finish the list. The the listeners want to know the end of the list. Well, I lost the page because I, I jumped off of it. You, you think this podcast people, is awesome today? This is really bad. We're gonna have to edit a lot of this. Um Number four, or number five, Angels We Have Heard on High. Okay. Four, The First Noel. Uh. Three, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah that's not one of my favorites. It's a classic. It's okay. Number two, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, come, oh, ye faithful. Then number one, what do you think number one is, Zach? Joy to the World. How'd you know that? It's the only one we haven't said yet. I don't think I don't. Even, it's only okay. Yeah, that's Joy number to the world. I would say that's number number fifteen. Yeah, on this list. Yeah, I think they inverted the list. Yeah, they inverted this list for <laughs> for sure. 